Hey, what's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about everything Supergirl episode 514. It was called The Bodyguard. Um, it was something, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, so we're just going to be talking about that today. Unfortunately, I did not have the time to catch up with Batwoman before I had to sit down and record this episode. I am so, 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 so sorry about it. I saw some clips online and I just want to say that Megan Tandy is like literally everything and then some. I'm so, so happy that she is the one to be telling this story with Sophie and and it's so cool. You know, it really is. It's so cool to be able to see that um, to see this kind of story told on television because, uh, unfortunately, you know, this does happen to a, a lot of people where people get thrown out of their houses, people get disowned by their parents, and it, it is really kind of refreshing to see it come to someone later in life because a lot of the time, you know, you get this idea of, um, you know, like teenagers getting kicked out of their house or teenagers getting disowned by their parents and, but when it's, you know, when it's someone who's a grown adult, you know, like, who's had a job and all this stuff, it is interesting, and it is, it is, it's really, it's nice to be able to see that on TV and, and to have that, um, especially as well handled as it is, because so many people involved in Batwoman are LGBT, like, they're part of the community, so they know what this is like, they know what it's, what you go through, you know, coming out and being accepted or not being accepted either way and so it's it's just really nice to to be able to have this story be told in such an honest and and compelling way so kudos to everyone at Batwoman I am so sorry that I haven't been able to see it but I'm really excited to watch I'll probably talk about it a little bit more next week along with the other episode of Batwoman that will be airing, um, which seems like an Alice-centric episode, which I'm very excited about. Hopefully, you know, we'll start to lean into my Alice redemption that I want so bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to see that, but again, send all your love to Megan Tandy on Twitter. Last night, she was super, super active, and it was so nice to be able to see people being so nice to her. I know I touched on this uh, two weeks ago on my last podcast, but I just, again, wanted to say that she's incredible. She deserves all the love in the world, and yeah, I just, she's, she's amazing, and so send all the love her way, send all the love about Sophie her way, just any, like, because I'm, I'm sure that she loves to hear, like, the personal stories and the way that everyone is affected by the show, so please just send them her way, send her, I don't know, send her a tweet, send her a lovely little tweet, and I'm sure, I'm sure that she would love it, so again, shout out Megan Tandy, um, shout out Batwoman just for being amazing in general. Um, and again, I will discuss the episode more next week. I am so sorry that I didn't have time to catch up, but I did unfortunately have time to sit down and watch Supergirl. (sighs) And that's just how I feel. That's how I feel about the episode. It was fine. I mean, (sighs) the thing is, that as an episode, like, as a whole, it was kind of boring. <laughs> it really was. Because I think the thing is that this season, their overall storyline has not compelled me in any way. I do not care. I'm not interested. Because at least the storyline last year was extremely interesting. They made it so topical and so... um 
just engaging because even with like the Ben Lockwood story you felt that because we all know people who are like that people who are extreme and people who instill fear into other people and people who create militias and and go crazy over over politics and and their own personal beliefs and they and they go after people and they take out people who are different from them like that is something that we live with in America every single day it is and So now, and then also like the Lex storyline where it's like, oh, it was all connected because we kind of had like the Ben Lockwood, um, you know, like storyline lead into the Lex Luthor storyline and the Red Daughter storyline. And I just think it all worked so well. Like it all worked together in such a cool way, in such a good way. And then all of a sudden we get to this season and you can hardly piece together a coherent plot line because it just doesn't make sense. I mean, literally, we know probably the exact same amount about Leviathan that we did at the season finale of season four. Because in the season four finale, if you'll remember, you know, she said, the old lady said Leviathan is everywhere. And guess what? We know basically nothing else about Leviathan. Basically, I mean, we know that we know that Game Nay, who I can't ever remember. Well, y'all are lucky that I remember her alien name because for a while I couldn't even remember that. Her human name, uh, I couldn't tell you, but she's the blonde lady that works at uh, a cat co with Andrea or Obsidian because I guess Catco is gone like I don't know I'm confused because they always refer to it as the Obsidian building so I guess that Obsidian just like absorbed Catco so Catco is no longer a thing I don't know I don't know I wish that it wasn't like this but it is um so yeah I it's it's just frustrating because we still like I said we don't know anything about Leviathan except and there's only six episodes left of the season it's like how are we supposed to like put this all together because the storyline hasn't been good at all like even in last night's episode like nothing new happened except lex potentially brokered a deal with like with game nay but still we haven't had plot movement and the same thing with lena like we i'll, I'll talk about this later and today i'm not going to do like a super in-depth uh recap of everything because i'm really frustrated so i just kind of want to rant but i'll definitely hit like the main points um but with Lena, like, again, we've hardly had any plot movement from her. It's been the same three conversations that she's had with Lex over and over and over, and over or Hope. We've just now replaced Hope with Lex. And it's just been happening over and over and over and over and over again. And they've been writing, really, the same story for the past four years for poor Lena. Like, will she be evil? Won't she? Like, stop. Just pick a side. Like, if you want to give me evil Lena, for the love of God, just give me evil Lena. Like, because at this point, I'm so sick of watching this, like, revolving uh, door of just Lena going, like, it's like Lena is stuck in a revolving door and she just keeps going around and around and around and around in circles. Will she be evil? Won't she be evil? Like, all these, like, stupid teases, everything, like, and it has been happening for four years. And I, God, just pick a side. Like, pick a damn side and I like I'm just so sick of it um yeah so I don't know I don't know I don't know because like I was saying you know just in terms of this episode and of this storyline 
it is lackluster because people were complaining because we tanked the rating on IMDb. It's at a, it's currently sitting at a 3.6 on IMDb with over 200 ratings. Um, so if you want, you could go rate the episode. You don't have to rate it super low. Just like give it what you think it deserves because for me personally, I think it was like a solid four and a half maybe 4.9 like it really I for me like it wasn't a good episode because it just didn't it didn't do good things like plot wise and just character wise it just like doesn't feel it didn't it wasn't a good episode it's it was kind of like the win episodes you know where you're like this feels really stupid but anyway so yeah it just I just wanted to say that like Kara and William aside like dancing aside you know, things like that. Overall, like, this, just the storytelling of this episode just wasn't good. (laughs) Like, you know, so anyway, like I said, I really don't want to go through this whole episode very much. I don't really want to be super in-depth with the, with this. I just have a lot of feelings kind of about the end and about what happened with Lena and about Danson and Nia. Um, And then I wanted to talk about the future as well, the future of Supergirl. Um, And yeah, so I just, like I said, this episode was really boring for me, so I don't really want to go through a lot of it. Um, But the episode starts off right off the bat with a quick dance and kiss. And guess what? That's all you get, homos. That's all you get. I am gay, so I could say that. I'm so sad. (laughs) That's all you get. That's it enjoy your crumbs. Like, literally, that is how it felt. It was like, oh, Kelly and and, uh, Alex kiss. And I, I hate scenes like that because it's like, oh, haha, last night, you know, you were up all night telling me about this, whatever. Show me. For the love of God, please show me. They never get to be together. Can I please see them in the same room together? Can I see them being intimate? Can I, and that doesn't mean like, give me a crazy sex scene or anything, but that means like, if they were sitting in bed last night talking together, which we don't know, do they live together? Like, what? It, I, we don't know. We don't know if they live together. We don't know if they just have sleepovers. Like, I don't know what's going on. But for this, like, show me. Show me Alex and Kelly having conversations in bed. Show me them talking. Show me development of their relationship surprisingly that is what you need to do on television the supergirl writers do not know that so i would love it if someone could pass along the message to them so that was really upsetting to watch i mean it really was because it was like the quickest scene ever it was literally blink and you miss it and kelly said a, a line and then alex said a line and i think that's literally it and then it was over and then we immediately go into Kara and William. So William comes up to them and Kelly and Alex dip. They're like, peace out, I'm gonna go. And so he comes up and he's like, ha I got coffee from my friends. And I'm like, well, they're not your friends. Like, <laughs> like, it's again, the same thing where it's like, you're telling me all of this stuff, but you're not showing me you're not showing me any of it. Like, that's why it felt so weird for William to show up at karaoke night, because it was like, 
where did this come from? Like, they weren't friends. They were never, like, they were never close. They never hung out. They talked maybe, like, four times throughout the whole rest of the season. And then all of a sudden, he's showing up to karaoke night. And now, all of a sudden, he's bringing Kara and Nia coffee. And he knows both of their coffee orders. It's just so weird. Like, again, you have a television show. It is a visual medium. This is not you reading an audiobook to me. This is not you writing a book. Like, yes, you write a script, but it is, again, it is a visual medium. And, the like, the cardinal rule of television is show, don't tell. So when you're, show, when you're not showing me any of this stuff and you're just telling me all of a sudden that William is besties with Nia and William is besties with Kara and William knows Nia's coffee order and William knows all this stuff and William's showing up to game night. Like, okay, at least, I mean, at least like when he showed up, like at least that was kind of showing. But again, like it came out of nowhere because there was no visual buildup and there was hardly any dialogue to build it up anyway. So like they weren't even doing a good job of telling. But again, like the cardinal rule, show, don't tell. Show me. Just the same thing with dancing. Show me Kelly and Nia in bed. Kelly and Nia. Oh my God. You heard it here first. Dancing is not endgame. It's actually Kelly and Nia. <laughs> no. Uh, Kelly, show me Kelly and Alex in bed together talking. Show me them going to their apartment together. Like, for the love of God, I would just like to know if they live together. <laughs> show, let them kiss for more than two seconds. Like, please, please. Oh my God. Same thing with William. Show me William being friends with Nia. Show me stuff like this. Like, because he can't just show up to them and be like, all right, it's my pals. It's my buddies. Like, what? Where did that even come from? And the same thing is like, you know, when you have this world that is this post-crisis world, you can't just assume that the audience will follow along or that the audience will be able to reconcile the difference between pre-crisis and post-crisis because again you haven't showed us anything different you haven't like they don't do the legwork and all of it is super 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 lazy and you know someone was saying online like when you have William who is a big ass jerk in the first for the whole first half of the season and then all of a sudden crisis happens and then he's a different person and then Kara just can be like, oh yeah, huh, you're totally different. Like, no, she would have a difficult time reconciling the difference as well. And you know that. You know that. And the sa- they're doing the same thing with Lena where it's like, come on, girl, you have to, you can't just, she cannot reconcile this difference between pre-crisis Lex and post-crisis Lex and I don't think she should be able to reconcile the difference because of the deep trauma she had at the hands of pre-crisis Lex. She shouldn't be able to look at that man and think, yeah, this is my brother. Like, no! But even in that storyline, at least they've built it up a little bit where Lex at least has been nice to Lena over the course of, like, four episodes or whatever. So even that is more believable than... William all of a sudden because again like two episodes after crisis he wouldn't listen to Kara he was giving her attitude all of this stuff like he was he was still the same you know and it's just ridiculous and oh my god it's just a lot anyway so 
So then um, Kara has to protect Andrea. That is why the title of the episode is called The Bodyguard. She becomes Andrea's bodyguard because someone is threatening the Obsidian launch, the Obsidian Platinum launch. Um, and so then we f- see that Lena is still going with her not no cherry thing, um, but she finally now gets to test it on people because she was testing it on animals, but now she gets to test it on some people. Um, and they are prisoners from Lex and Lena's prison that they own, which again is like, oh god. Um, <laughs> and so we see the guy from the episode where Kara and Lena went to the prison to like get information on Lex where Lex used to be. So it's the same guy and he's in the prison and he's getting bullied by people and Lena puts the nano cherry in the people in the prisoners and all of a sudden they're different. But we'll come back to that later. Um so then we see Lex trying to broker a deal with the game nay lady, the Leviathan lady. Who, again, like I said, we still know nothing about. We know nothing about anything. We don't even know Leviathan's intentions. Like, literally, what do they want? Like, because, again, if it's just another stupid plot about another villain that wants to rule the world, like, please come up with something different. Please, for the love of God, come up with something different. Because we've had, of course, episode one, uh, episode, season one, non, wanted to surprise, control the world and mind control people. Season two, Rhea, surprise, she wanted to control the world. Season three, we had uh, the world killers who, surprise, wanted to control the world. Season four, we had Lex who, again, surprise, wanted to control the world. And now season five, we really don't know what Leviathan wants. We can only assume that (laughs) they want to control the world. But it's so stupid and it's so repetitive and I, I wish that they would come up with like a better a better uh, motivation for their villains because then they would feel less two-dimensional because like Rhea is just so stupid. Like that's one of the worst villains they've ever had was because she just had no like good motivation. And like, of course, they threw away Lillian Luther and Cadmus in favor of Rhea. And that was one of their biggest mistakes they've ever made. Because at least Lillian is interesting. Like, she has motivation that you can clearly see. Because she, and I mean, the same thing with Lex. Like, yeah, he wanted to control the world, but he also wanted to, like, oppress aliens. So at least they did, like, a good job with that in terms of, like, giving those two motivation that is like, oh, because they're violently xenophobic, that's why they're doing all this stuff. So, I mean, I'll give them props there, but like, again, Rhea, it was like, oh, she just wanted to take over and I guess because her planet was destroyed, but so was Kara, so it's like really weak motivation because like Kara and Superman's planet were also destroyed and there were there's a bunch of aliens seeking refuge on earth like why do you think maybe because their planet's destroyed you know stuff like that and and the world killers of course i mean rain was great but like the motivation of the witches was just really stupid they wanted to make crypt again but it's like they have the same storyline between season two and season three where it's like she like Rhea wanted to make new Daxum and then the witches the Kryptonian witches they wanted to make new Krypton it's like okay please come up with a better storyline I'm so sick of it (laughs) 
So then we have, uh, back to the episode, we have Brainy, and he is grappling with working with Lex. He's having a really hard time. Um, and so he presses his little dots on his little suit, and all of a sudden, Brainy, like classic Brainy, uh, comes out and looks at him, and he's got his cool little glasses on, and Brainy kind of asks him for advice. He's like, hey man, you're in the big brain, I need your advice, I need to know what to do, and I'm really excited to hopefully be able to see all of these other Brainies again. I'm, I'm really, really excited because... Like, that is such a cool opportunity for Jesse and f- also just for the character of Brainiac 5 that we haven't been able to see before, really, because obviously he had his inhibitors on, so he wasn't a part of the, like, big brain or whatever it's called. Um, and so so this is really cool. This is a new avenue that we're exploring for Brainy, which is really cool. And I, I appreciate that um, the bottle episode wasn't a one-off then you know what I mean like it wasn't it wasn't just one and done like oh ha that's our brainy episode like it has consequences and that will follow which is really cool so then um Kara and William have this conversation but it can't really be remembered to what it was said literally in my notes all I have written down is that Kara's a boomer which again okay so this kind of circles back to what I was saying earlier like with season four the storyline felt pressing and it felt like it was relevant and it felt like it was it was for our world you know what I mean and for this one this episode or excuse me this season this storyline this like anti uh technology storyline um they kept saying that they wanted this to be their black mirror season but this feels more like technology is bad like get off your phones kids Like, it doesn't feel... Because Black Mirror actually makes you feel something and it doesn't sound preachy, it doesn't sound ridiculous, where you're like, yeah, these can be, like, genuine fears about technology. But for this, it's like, y'all are addicted to your phones. Can't you see what it's doing to you? Losers, go smell the grass. Like, that's literally, like, what this feels like. And Kara, she's like, yeah people can get addicted to technology and it just isn't good like oh my god oh my god it's just so ridiculous it really (laughs) I mean it really is it's just like is so stupid I don't know I just have such a hard time with this season because like I said it doesn't feel grounded the older Supergirl seasons despite my issues that I have with them most of them felt pretty grounded in reality I mean but this one, this one just doesn't have that same, like, grounded feeling. And it does, like, it does when it actually taps into the emotions of the characters. But when you have episodes like this, where it's kind of, like, plot first, characters second, it doesn't feel grounded and it doesn't feel believable and I don't care. Because, you know, like, later in the episode, there's a scene where Lex and Game Nay are talking in a car. And I'm like, I don't care to, like, listen or to pay attention because I don't care about these characters. But the plot calls for them to talk to each other and to work together. But I don't care because I care about the characters. But that's, like, the difference is, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's the difference between the plot-driven storyline versus the character-driven storyline, where this plot-driven storyline calls for Lex and Game Nate to work together and for Lex to have a bunch of screen time and for all this stuff. But with the char- a character-driven storyline, they would have scenes 
more about like the characters and what they're feeling and that's what's so important like because even so like even in season two where it's like you know Rhea doing ridiculous stuff or whatever like it still kind of felt grounded in reality because the reason Kara was fighting was because you know whatever she felt something for Monel and or you know like and she felt something for Lena so she's gonna res- rescue Lena from the spaceship and and so she you know her plan was to rescue the two of them from the spaceship and like that was the character driven aspect of it like the motivation for this like crime or you know this thing that Rhea was doing is also out of love for her son so it was like that so I don't know it's just this time it's just so plot driven and is so plot heavy despite the fact that we don't know anything about the main plot like that's my qualm that's my question like how do you write this show and have it be so exposition and plot heavy yet we still do not know anything about the main plot beyond the fact that leviathan is everywhere and leviathan is in obsidian and lex is working with leviathan like that's literally all we know like that is literally it oh my god um so then lena she tries her thing out on the prisoners and she thinks it works but then all of a sudden it turns people who were good into kind of evil people like it gives people who were genuinely good intentioned individuals and makes them violent which is a terrible side effect like it worked on the people who weren't good but when you implement that onto people who were good it would like flip a different switch and all of a sudden you just are full of violence and rage and that was really interesting to see um so then Alex and Jean, which this is Alex's first day on the job with with Jean. And uh, so now they break into people's houses still, but this time without the um, permission of the U.S. government. Surprise, surprise. Um, so then they get ambushed at this house and Alex doesn't have a gun. They make that very clear in the beginning of the episode. She's like, haha, this is the first time that I've walked around without my firearm in like four years. Um so Alex doesn't have anything to protect herself with and this alien that they're dealing with can siphon powers so John is there powerless Alex has no powers she doesn't know what to do so she calls for Kara and she's like Supergirl like I need your help which leaves Andrea uh with Brainy at the DEO because Kara is still watching Andrea but this time she's like Andrea we gotta go like I'm gonna fly you to to the DEO and you're gonna sit here with Brainy and I will be right back and so Alex, again, she's, like, feeling powerless. Um, and then we go back to Lena, who lays out how she feels about the project and how she kind of feels like this project's a mistake. And and she's literally saying all the right things. And then Lex is like, no, 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 no. You're on the right path, Lena. Like, it's so sickening how he's clearly manipulating her. But what's even worse is that Lena is listening to him. Like, this is the man who literally, who, like, Lena stood on trial and spoke out against. Like, she testified against him. He's a murderer. He murdered so many people. He tried to murder Superman. He has done so many. He tried to kill Lena, like, four times. Like, 
there's no like I, this is going back to what i was saying earlier like there's no way that lena should be able to reconcile this difference between old lex and new lex but i mean i guess it makes sense because of his actions which is nice like i said they've been showing us that lex is nice to lena over the course of multiple episodes so that we built up to this moment where lena decides to trust lex uh, which is really interesting. So, I don't know. It's a really interesting point for Lena's character. And I think, I don't know, it's hard to say, but I think that this is some of the... This might be some of the most nuanced writing on the show right now. Um, but again, that's a very, like, low bar to have. But just, you know, for saying this, I like, yes, it's out of character for Lena, but also, like, when you think about it, it's like... Yeah, because she's seen the change in Lex and and she's literally alone. Like, she has no one else. Like, she's so lonely. She's so beaten down mentally. And it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I feel that. I mean, so we'll see what happens. I, I'm holding out hope for Lena that at the end, you know, she'll be able to turn on Lex when she needs to. So we'll see. So then Brainy puts Andrea in a holding cell at the DEO, um, and she accidentally uses her shadow power, her her power of Akrata, to, like, phase through the DEO holding cell and into Catco, um, which is really interesting because she didn't know that she had those powers, but, like, I forgot about that. Like, I forgot that she... And again, like, we have this whole storyline, again, where it's like, you set all of this stuff up pre-crisis and then you threw it all away, but you didn't tell, bother to tell us about it, like really, because she had the necklace, but are we supposed to assume that it was the same way that she got the necklace the first time? I don't know. I just, it's so much and it's hard to remember things because again, they've like, they've uh, like, mm, they've just like... Uh, messed everything up so much where it's like dude how am I supposed to remember like the difference between the same storyline but it's just like little teeny teeny tiny differences you know and then you never point them out or you point them out one time and then we're supposed to be like oh yeah I remember Andrea like did this like I don't know I'm just mad at them because all of this is so lazy it really is it's like they regretted certain things and then they're like well let's just do it again but like no that's not how this works dude it's not it's not how this works um yeah so then that was interesting and then dreamer showed up at catco which was awesome we saw her for two seconds yay dreamer um and then kara was able to talk down the villain using her empathy which was awesome and like when i say that that was awesome i mean it was the best episode of the entire sh uh episode and maybe one of the best of the entire season that wasn't between her and Lena. Because obviously Katie and Melissa kill it every single time. But for a moment of Kara being Supergirl and being a hero, that was one of the best moments of the season. Because she was able to actually talk down this villain and use empathy and use her emotions to talk down this villain because she didn't have powers because the villain like siphoned her powers. So... I loved it. It was awesome. It was such a great moment. It felt like old Supergirl. Like, that was that's the Supergirl I want to see. That is. It's a Supergirl I want to see. But we never see her. <sighs> and also, Kara's speech to this villain included Lena. Like, she's like, I know how you feel. Like, you know, you can't change the past as much as we wish that we could. And, 
you know, stuff like that. So, again, like, we're always circling back to Lena with Kara. Um, so then Jean gave Alex a cool Martian weapon thing, and it kind of, like, shape shape shifts into whatever you want, which is really cool. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then Lena fixed her project and seemed to make the people kind of like they didn't feel anything. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) They weren't very clear on what the ending was for this whole storyline. He's like, wow, the rage feeling is gone, but it also seems like he didn't feel a whole lot else. So it might turn people into just like shells of human beings. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. And then Alex eggs Kara into accepting the date with William. Um, And it's, again, like, it's another instance of Kara's autonomy not being respected on the show and not being taken seriously on the show. Um, And it is really disheartening to see. Um, Because, again, it feels like Monel. Where Kara's like, should I just go on a date? Like, he's been such a good guy. I should just go on a date with him. Like, that's such a gross message to send. It really is. Because I'm, you know, I'm sitting here and I've been, you know, like, listen. The worst thing that can happen to a woman is you're just talking. Like, you're just having a conversation with a man and you're just talking and you're talking and whatever and like you know you're having a good convo and then all of a sudden like he wants you to give him your number and then he wants to go out on a date or whatever and it's like whoa 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 wait a minute buddy like i was just we like we we're just talking first of all like like, I hate that feeling because it's like you feel guilty and you think like, oh, was I leading him on? Even though all you were doing was talking and like literally just having a conversation. Like, that doesn't mean that you were flirting. That doesn't mean that you were trying to like, you know, do anything or have anything happen between the two of you. And it just puts you in such an uncomfortable place. And even if like, Like, I'm never going to date this guy, but I feel bad because, you know, he's a good guy. You know, it it puts the idea in people's minds where it's like, well, he's a good guy. You should give him a chance. Come on. Like, he's been such a good guy. I should reward him by going out on a date with him. It's just so gross. And it just, like, made me feel so gross. Oh, God. Anyway, so it just, it was just gross. And, ugh. And then, of course, they had William because he was like, he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the text that I've been sending you and the coffee and the compliments. I can't believe it. I have been crossing a line, mate. I really have. I've been crossing a line. And Kara's like, no, no, it's fine. But like, no, it's not fine. Like, because the thing is that even if, even if Kara had decided or like, even like in the even in the reality of this universe, if Kara is like, yeah, I, I genuinely do want to go on a date with William, that is still gross because at the time William didn't know that he was just the one that was still pursuing Kara, still being creepy, still crossing a line, still jumping over boundaries by leaps and bounds because he couldn't 
couldn't stop his like flirting or whatever i don't know it's just like it puts again it's like another really negative message to put out in the world not only to young girls that hey if someone's nice to you you should just like try it just like go out on a date with them like what's the harm and then for young boys who are watching it's like well if a girl rejects you you just keep trying because a no is never a no it's just a maybe until it's a yes like that just made me feel sick to my stomach, especially on International Women's Day where you're trying to watch a show and you're like, this is disgusting. And I don't know, it just makes me really, really mad. Um, and especially because in literally the episode before, Mixie has a line where he says, it's despicable of me to pursue a woman who so clearly was not interested in me from the get-go. He literally said that in the last episode. Like, in the last episode. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, William, like, he's gonna keep doing all of this stuff, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But it was despicable when Mixie did it, huh? Like, it's just so, they're so inconsistent with their writing. They're so awful. And I just cannot handle it. Like, the, the disrespect to Kara's character, first of all, is just off the charts. Like, they do not care about any of it, and it just makes me so mad because it it gives me the same feeling that Monel and Kara gave me in season two and the thing is that's like I wouldn't have a problem with Kara going on a date with William if all of this stuff hadn't happened beforehand you know what I mean like if they'd like you all do not know how badly I want season one Kara and James back right now like that was the best and even then, it wasn't perfect because, of course, they had, like, the Lucy love triangle thing. But when they finally figured it out at the end of the season, it was good. The two of them, they were good together. And they actually had chemistry and they actually had a good dynamic and they actually respected each other. Like, James respected the hell out of Kara. And again, like I talked about before, to see his, like, entire character's assassination later in the later seasons was really upsetting, but season one, Kara and James were, like, the best relationship that we've seen on this goddamn show, and so for William, it's like, because everyone's like, well, (laughs) him being a jerk was just a cover. Get over it. Like, why like what good what kind of good man resorts first and foremost to being a misogynistic prick to his co-workers that first of all he's never met so he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be a jerk ass as my cover like his cover literally could have been anything else like he literally could have said anything because these people don't know him these people have no idea who he is he's this reporter from london he could have been anybody So all of a sudden, he decides that his cover is to be a misogynistic asshole, and we're supposed to just be okay with that? Like, that's so ridiculous. And and the same thing is, like, why do the writers resort to that as a way to set up a love interest, if that's the plan, you know? It's like, why would you make him a jerk? Like, because then, obviously, we're not going to like him. The audience is not going to like him because he's a jerk. Like, why? Even if it's as a cover it still shows that he doesn't have respect for women. Like, literally, he gains respect for women or whatever when he decides that Kara is, like, attractive enough or whatever and he can't beat her down. 
Like, that's literally what happened in the first half of the season. He couldn't swat her away enough because she has too much confidence and self-respect. So he decides, oh, well, maybe you're worthy of, like, spending time with... It's just so stupid. All of it is so ridiculous. Um, And so, yeah, that just... Oh, God. This episode really just made me so mad. It made me so mad. Oh, my God. And... Another thing is, like, this episode included development for so many male characters. Jean, I mean a little bit. He was, him and Alex's storyline was pretty balanced, which I really appreciated. Um, it was kind of, it was really cool to see them work together and try to figure this out together as a team, which was really awesome. But, like, with Brainy and Lex, I hate their storyline because again, it, it like, it excludes Kara from the main narrative because she doesn't know what's going on. So, when you have Kara, who is excluded from the main, basically the main storyline, you cannot give her, like, fully developed storylines and plot points and, and things like that because she doesn't know what's going on, so you can't write her into important scenes. So all of her scenes feel extremely unimportant. And that's probably why they decided, let's just give her a love interest too, because it's like, they don't have anything to do with her because she's, again, not involved in the main storyline. She doesn't have anything to do. It's brainy. Like, because if they wanted to tell a story about a about Lex Luthor having to work with Supergirl, then they should have, like, they should have had it be Supergirl who gets this info and she has to work with Lex and then you're like, oh my god. Because then it would be even more interesting because Alex could be like, Kara, what are you doing? And then Kara can't tell her. Like, it would have been such good drama. But no, they decide to leave their main character in the dark and Lex... And Brainy are the ones over here to the side who get to be a part of the main storyline. Like, it's just so stupid to, like, literally to leave your main character out of the main storyline. Like, oh my god. And, I don't know, it's just, like, it's, there's so much to talk about and there's so much, like, but I just want the main takeaways to be that no means no, first of all. Second of all, you don't have to date someone just because they're nice to you. Um, third of all, no matter what the Supergirl writers want you to believe, someone being a jerk to you does not mean they're attracted to you. That just means they're mean and you deserve better. And I wish that they would show that on the show. I mean, because, I mean, someone pointed out earlier that Jessica Queller was the showrunner for Gossip Girl, so none of the relationships on the show are ever going to be healthy because it's just in her nature to make disgusting relationships, I guess. But it's like, dude, come on. Like, again, like, all of this kind of could have actually really easily been avoided if you just made William a likable guy in the first place. Surprise! Like, (laughs) you know, and I don't know. I just have so many issues with what went down last night on Supergirl. And like I said, you know, everybody, again, egging, pushing Kara into another relationship. Again, like, no autonomy for this woman. No, just everything about it sucked. But um, in terms of the future of Supergirl, next episode is going to be a dreamer-centric episode. It's called Reality Bites, and we all need to watch it. We do. There's no boycotting this episode. None of that, because this episode is extremely important. This episode is everything. 
Nicole Maines actually got to be a part of the writer's room and actually help write this episode. Like, that is how important it is, and that is how much it means to Nicole, and that is how much it means to the trans community as well. Um, and I mean, I know that people have issues with the, like, trauma porn kind of episodes, which I totally and entirely understand. I get that it sucks to only, to, like, have to watch your, your favorite character go through that, that kind of prejudice and discrimination. But at the same time, it is also, I'm sure, extremely cathartic for people to watch, you know, their heroes punch a turf in the face kind of thing. Or punch a transphobic asshole in the face. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the same thing where, you know, you have, like, Legends of Tomorrow where, yeah, like, Jax and Amaya had that episode where, unfortunately, like, they went back to the Civil War and they had to deal, and they had to deal with and experience the, like, the reality of slavery in person, like, with their own two eyes, you know? And, but it is extraordinarily satisfying, though, when you watch them actually light Confederate soldiers on fire and shoot Confederate people in the face and, you know, things like that. And, and, you know, like, let slave houses burn down to the ground. But the, the main thing comes in to play, the main thing that I'm concerned about is that we actually see her in other situations. Like, this episode made a little bit of progress because at least, and this is really sad that this is, like, the low standards that we are living by, but at least she was in it. Like, at least she was in this episode. At least she was a part of it. She had a couple lines. Neo was there. She was in this episode. Like, you know, and so... But to be able to have these kinds of episodes where they are dealing with the transphobia of um, our world and of their world, like I said, you need to like you need to have those other moments where they're actually being happy and they actually get to show what it's like and stuff like that to actually live a normal life despite all the hatred and violence that they face. So, you know, when you have... Nia being excluded from many episodes, that doesn't help. Like, so I think that that's a lot of people's issues with this episode is like, Nia didn't have a great storyline to begin with and now all of a sudden you want to throw her into this transphobic nightmare just to get brownie points. But again, it's like important. It really is. It's an important episode. It's important for Nicole. It's important for the trans community. It is, it's an important episode and I'm really excited to see it. Um, and I hope, I hope, I hope that no one lets the Kara and William date sour anything because I have a feeling, and this is just me, but I have a hopeful feeling that Kara and William will kind of be done, done after, after Reality Bites because apparently Staz is in Mexico and he is not filming anymore, even though they're filming the season finale. So he's gone. Which means that either William left or William died. I don't wish death upon William because we do not need another person of color to die on this goddamn show. But again, I would be happy if he went off to London again. And I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen. So hopefully if we all just stick it out, I understand. I mean, obviously be mad, be angry. I know, I know I am. Be loud on social media. But we do have to support this episode. And I was even thinking, like, if you're live tweeting next week, 
tweet with the hashtag Supergirl, but also tweet hashtag Dreamer, and hopefully we could get it trending for Nicole, because that would be really cool. Because like I said, this is a really important episode, and we want to show as much support as possible for Nicole, and for Nia, and for the show, for taking the opportunity to like have this episode, because really, they could have just been like, you know, you don't get an episode. So hopefully, you know, it'll be really good. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Nicole seems really excited. So I'm excited about that. Um, And then also I will have the link to the petition, which is still going, by the way. If you have not signed the petition, you can still sign it and you can still send it to your friends. You could still send it to literally anybody, you know, that hasn't signed it and would feel the same way. Because again, I feel like we're in this place where we need this petition. Because, uh, you know, like I said, even though we're getting this Nia-centric episode, we still would like to see her in other episodes. And, like, same thing with uh, Danson. I want development for Danson, and that's what this uh, thing, this petition calls for. And the same thing, like, respecting your female characters. Like, we're all mad about how the show treats Kara. Well, here's your chance to make your voice heard. So I will have the link in the description of the podcast, in the description on YouTube. I'll have it pinned as the first top comment on YouTube. If you have not signed it, please do. Please support it because I think it's really important. And once we get, you know, as many signatures as we can, I'm not sure when the campaign ends or whatever, but once we get as many signatures as we possibly can, I think the plan is to mail it to the CW and to Jessica Queller and to Robert Rovner and stuff like that. So that'd be really cool to actually have our voices be heard and to make an impact. Also, I wanted to say that if you see any articles written about the uh, things that are happening on Supergirl, like anything to do with Kara and William, anything to do with the disrespect of Danson, anything to do with that, anything kind of, not negative, but like, you know, kind of calling Supergirl out on what's going on, please retweet, please give them clicks, do stuff like that because it's really important to show interest and, you know, just articles from like, I think there's a Den of Geek one that's out. Um, there's one like our friend Jay at Hypable, you know, he wrote one and I'm sure that Fandomopolis is going to write one too. So hopefully, you know, we can have these, you know, we, we can get these articles, the clicks they deserve and the traction they deserve because again, it shows people that we're interested and that this is a hot topic, you know? So, anyway, like I said, sign the petition, support articles that uh, you deem are, you know, important and and kind of call out the show on what they're doing, and also support the episode next week. Like I said, if you feel, um, you know, uh, inclined, you can tweet hashtag Supergirl, hashtag Dreamer as well, so hopefully we can get that trending for Nicole, that'd be really cool. Um, and, yeah, so... Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm sorry again that this is more rant than recap. <laughs> I'm just kind of angry at the show. And I just wanted to rant about it. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at TelevisedPod. You can tweet me at TelevisedPod. Let me know what you think of this episode. Do you think it deserves the 3.9 that it has on IMDb? <laughs> um, uh, what do you think of Karin William? Let me know. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Um, you can comment on YouTube. I love reading your guys' comments. They're so amazing. I love how in-depth they are. I, I read them all, I promise, and I, I try to reply to every single one. Um, so leave a comment on YouTube. Let me know. You can like, subscribe, 
rate you can leave me a review on itunes if you're so inclined or on apple podcasts if you're so inclined that'd be really cool um follow on spotify stuff like that you know the drill um and i will see you guys next week bye